The following episode is provided for general informational purposes only and should not be construed as legal advice on any subject matter. You should not rely or act on any information in this episode without seeking counsel from a qualified professional authorized to provide specific legal advice in your jurisdiction. Welcome to Rethinking Youth Ministry, a podcast from the Orange Students team. Our mission is to help you, the youth leader, influence the next generation. And we do that through this podcast, other resources, and our weekly curriculum, XP3. If you'd like to learn more, check out orangestudents.com. But for now, let's get started with this week's episode. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for hanging out with us today. I am Brett, and I am so excited to be hanging out with a few of my friends. We have Tom, Chef, Chef Shunis. Hey, everybody. We have Candace, Austin, Kelly, Shante, Daniels, Wynn. Hey, Brett. Did I get them all? No. I didn't? But it's okay. Dang. You got a lot of middle names. Legally, just one. Okay. <laughs> Legally. Recreationally, <laughs> multiple. Multiple. Yes. <laughs> and then for the very first time on the podcast, we have the tall, the handsome, the wonderful Dr. Darren Kaiser, everybody. Well, thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. So, Darren, your first time on the podcast, tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So, uh, you know, California, Colorado, Michigan, Pennsylvania, now Atlanta. All right. So that's kind of where I've been. And I've been able to uh, work with a bunch of different ministries over the years from wilderness uh, leadership organizations and canoe trips and backpacking trips and director of a camp and family ministries pastor. And now here with Orange, helping out with uh, strategic initiatives and academics. Very cool. And if you're curious, Darren is at the top of my list that if I ever, if something ever happens at Orange where it's like the apocalypse and I need somebody who's resourceful, uh, Darren's at the top of my list of the first people that I'm going to go and I'm going to search for and just do whatever Darren's doing. Because I'm one of those people that if that happens and we have to start living off the land, I'm done. Are you a doomsday prepper? No, I'm not. I would not consider myself a prepper. Because okay. he's already ready. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There's no preparation necessary. He's I just, did make it through Y2K, though. He's just ready. <laughs> As did, did we all. Okay. Not all. Uh. I meet, meet plenty of people who did not make it through Y2K. <laughs> okay. So we have the honor, the privilege, and the joy of being able to talk about what it's like to avoid lawsuits in your ministry. So this episode's probably going to get really fun, yeah. lots of joy when it comes to how do we avoid lawsuits in our ministry. But we've all probably been there at times where there are moments in ministry where something's happening and we're kind of like white knuckled and gritting our teeth and really hoping we avoid the lawsuit that could come from a certain situation. So I would love to hear any stories that you guys have from your ministry time that was sort of one of those situations where you're like, I hope this doesn't end in a lawsuit or kind of one of those legally gray, like as it's happening, you're like, "Mm, this maybe wasn't the best choice that I've made so far this year. Well, I have one and it wasn't necessarily- Only one? (laughs) She was a really good pastor. I I was Uh, and I'm filled with lots of great wisdom. (laughs) (laughs) And I've always exercised it. Um, But no, I don't, it wasn't necessarily a decision that I made, but you know, we used to take our, one church I was serving at, my very, very first church. And I took about three seniors who were graduating high school out to eat. And I had to stop at the ATM to get some cash. I don't know why I Mm -hmm. had to stop at the ATM. This was, you know, debit cards were were pretty popular, but like Cash App and Pay With Your Phone, I don't know what I needed cash for. So I stopped at the ATM and I pulled up, I didn't drive up through it. I pulled up and I got out the car. 
And I'm at the ATM, my car is running. One of the students jumps in the driver's seat and drives off with my car. Oh, oh yeah. Comes back about maybe 10 minutes later, leaves me there, my phone's in the inside of the car and I'm just going berserk, standing outside <laughs> of this Bank of America, right? And they come back and they said, we went to Dairy Queen, we wanted to get you a banana split to say thank you. You could have said thank you another way. But they needed cash. <laughs> I used some probably some words that I shouldn't have, but I I, I don't even like banana splits, you all. <laughs> did you tell them in the moment? I probably I'm sure Very I did. Very clearly. I'm sure I did. But that 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 could have ended really badly. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. you have high school seniors have not been driving that long and they just took my car, a car they're not familiar with driving. It could have it could have gone pretty yeah. south you know um i didn't tell their parents <laughs> because i just i was scared i i heard two things as you were talking that are kind of themes one is when you said first church mm -hmm. or first ministry yeah. and i think that's a reality that when we are in our first ministry the first time leading something we just don't have the the context the background the experience yeah. to even yeah. know what's maybe wise or and not. And maybe your brain's not developed yet too. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on age. Right, right. But then the second theme I, I picked up on is this idea of fear. Mm. And I think so often there's fear is driving some of our poor decisions that we're, we're afraid to have that conversation with a parent because they're scary. Yeah. Um, or we're afraid of how the students are going to respond if we make a unpopular but mm. wise decision. Yeah. So I think fear is, is also mm. one of those themes. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Chef, you got a good story? Well, I've got to go back to my education days for it. I mean, I have 10 <laughs> I can think of from youth ministry. And I think all good youth ministers, it's a it's a sign that you're a good youth minister if you're gritting your teeth going, uh oh, <laughs> you know, because you're pushing and you should yep. be pushing. Um, but, um, you know, in the old days, we used to have marksmanship and archery in PE class. And the last archery class we ever had. <laughs> the last. <laughs> And, and, and this was, um, the, the PE teacher was super uh, responsible about it. And what he did was he figured there's no way they can mess this up. So <laughs> he took them kind of back behind the giant athletic, athletic building, which was sitting on top of a hill. So since it's video podcast, we'll do this. So the athletic building sitting here, it's like three or four stories high. Then there's this grassy knoll, okay. and then he puts the archery down okay. here. Grassy knoll. So how possible? I mean, even if you miss super high, you're just going to hit a brick wall. And, Don't challenge um, him. No, that went great, except for the fact there were a couple of kids who thought they were going to launch arrows up onto the roof <laughs> of it. But the problem was is that it was so high that the power it took, what they thought was going onto the roof, was actually clearing the corner of the building, going over the roof, <laughs> and then going over the other side of the building, which happens to be the elementary school playground. Oh my goodness. So during recess, if you, if you can imagine- <laughs> Incoming fire. Being an elementary school teacher. Are you kidding? No, this is a real story. And so, yeah, like, the little kids like are for playing. real, not like the marshmallow no, tipped ends. Like these are like no, you arrows. remember the Roman? I mean, like the you know, like the war movies where they launched the arrows into the air. Yeah, yeah, Did that's what it was hurt? on the elementary school playground. No, however, the um, the uh, high school principal's youngest child uh, was the closest to getting hit. So, yeah, there were some explosions. The high school that principal, day. you said? Yeah, that oh. was a. Anyway, it was Mercy. high school kids who ran. It was great. Wow. It was bad. Gosh. Wow. Yeah. It, it's a great story now because now, nobody did yeah. get hurt. But, um, Afterwards. but then they were giving out bows and arrows to the staff later oh, because it was the last <laughs> yeah. time we ever did that. 
<laughs> your bonus this week. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Back to what you said, Darren, about first churches. Uh, so the first church that I was at, um, all the students were begging for a lock-in. Um, and I was young and didn't want to be like, you know, wanted to, to win some students over because it was, it was pretty early there. So I was like, all right, we'll do a lock-in. And, you know, we put a sign up for the lock-in outside of the youth room and left it out for a few weeks. We had like 35, 40 people signed up for it. So had some adults that were signed up for it. But apparently on the day of, word got out in the middle school and the high school that the first church of God across the street from the schools <laughs> was doing a lock-in. And like 130 people showed up for the lock-in. And I had like four adults Three babies oh, that were planning on oh, staying. Wow. Way more adults ended up coming and, and, and helping out. But I probably walked 30,000 miles over the oh, course yeah. of like the next 12 hours, yeah. just walking in into rooms, out of rooms, making sure that, you know, there was nobody impregnating anybody or doing anything that they're not supposed to be doing. Um, just scared to death at any yeah. point in the next week that I'm gonna get a phone call of like, yeah. wait, yep. what? What just yeah. happened? What did yeah. you let happen? Oh man. So and my my first, it was a, I was a camp counselor up in Michigan, and this kid was just driving me nuts. So I handcuffed him to a dumpster, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and and I, and I was so nervous on Saturday when the when the parents come to pick up right. their kids, right. and I'm like, what if he had you he, let him off since then? Yeah, like, was he still? Yeah, I was. Yeah. Well, I like, oh, actually, Bobby's, Bobby's Bobby's okay. I realized that handcuffing him to a dumpster was inappropriate. <laughs> right. So then I handcuffed him to a dumbbell to slow him down. <laughs> so he had to carry this like twenty-some pound dumbbell around because he was just driving me loony. So I slowed him down. <sighs> um, so yeah, that I was really nervous about the parents picking him up, which you don't think about in the moment because it seemed really bright uh, in the moment. But the, <laughs> my favorite phone call I got was uh, a friend who had been on a, on a wilderness trip with me. And during that time we had done, we'd gone rock climbing, rappelling. And he calls me around Halloween uh, and asks for, uh, you know, where can I buy a, a good rope? And so I'm like, well, <laughs> what do you need a good you know, rope for? And really what he was asking is if he could borrow one of the climbing <laughs> ropes, which never. Um, so I'm like, what do you need it for? He says, well, we're gonna do extreme bobbing for apples. Like, what okay. does that mean? He says, well, we're gonna have the kids, we're gonna tie their hands behind their back, mm. then we're gonna tie the rope to their ankles, and then their friends are going to pull them up via a tree branch over a barrel of water with apples in it. And then they're gonna lower them down into the barrel to bob for apples. And I'm like, dude, you, you, there's so I, many. I, my ropes will have no part of this. No, yeah, I was like, I wouldn't tell them where to buy a rope or get a rope, like you can't do this. Yeah. I mean, Did he I do mean, it? No, I, I think I talked him out of it, <laughs> but but the whole plan was, and it's like Terrible. all the things that could go wrong of, you know, is it gonna be drowning or just crippled? Yeah. You know, which, <laughs> you know, which is the one that we're gonna wow. focus on? Oh, mercy. Wow. So if it's not clear already, I just wanna make it crystal clear that we're not lawyers. There no. is no official legal advice that is happening in this episode, but we just want to have a little bit of a conversation, laugh a little bit about how dumb some of the mistakes that we've probably made in ministry have been, uh, but also have some broader conversations of just the reality of the world that we do ministry in right now. It's a very personal business, mm -hmm. you know, if we want to call it a business, but you know, it's a very personal thing that opens us up to a lot of vulnerabilities. Mm -hmm. And especially when we talk about volunteers and all the different kind of things right. we're going to talk about. So there is no legal advice that is going to, you know, withhold a jury's of evidence in a court of law. 
Uh, but we're just going to have some conversation that hopefully gets you thinking about some specific things and where are we safe and maybe where are we not safe and we need to rethink some pieces in our ministry when it comes to making sure we're protecting our students, protecting mm. our leaders, protecting our community, all of those different pieces. So as we get going in the conversation, I'd love to start with what do you feel like kind of are the areas of ministry that we need to be aware of that if we're not careful and intentional could get us into some trouble? So one of the ways I think that we get into ch uh, trouble some of the time is that we see something happening in society at Disney, at a on TV, uh, Survivor, uh, different things, yeah. and we're like, oh, that would make Wouldn't a fantastic. That would be great, <laughs> exactly. And then we do our best to mimic that experience so that we can have a great experience for our students without the production team, exactly. without the safety team, right? And without that's the, the trials. With, with, uh, yeah, and that's the challenge is that we try to do what's being done there, but we haven't put into, into place. And from a legal point of view, we're held to some different standards. Yeah. And the, the one is, is this uh, status of invitee. And as soon as you put out a flyer, so mm -hmm. if you hang a flyer outside your building, all right, if you put out a thing on Instagram and say, come, anytime you invite kids, you're held to the highest standard of care, the mm -hmm. same standard of care that Disney, the World Series, the Super Bowl, yeah. whatever, and all of those experiences have, you know, they've thought it through, they have yeah. things in place, they have ambulances, they have first responders, they have security, they all of these things in place. And where we get ourselves into trouble is we're trying to do it on, you know, $18 <laughs> resources and what you can find at Dollar right. General around the corner from the church. Right. And so then we end up having an incident because we're not in that same scenario. So I yeah. think the, the the mimicking and the trying to do without the resources puts us in a really bad spot sometimes. Yeah, those, those grit your teeth times for me, I feel like often happened in those games that I knew that there was a, a higher tendency for. Sure. For, in, for injury, we did this thing right. called the race, which was this big thing that we kicked off the fall. We had two games that we did every year. One was like this big inner tube thing where we had, there were four teams, they lined up in a big square around these giant tractor inner tubes that were blown up and like, mm. you know, baby oil and dish soap. So they're really like slippery. And we just say go and all the teams just converge and they're supposed to pull them all back. It's a blast. All the kids loved it. And I got scared every single year. Sure, yeah. Somebody's going to break a leg. Somebody's going to dive into each yeah. other. We had another one where like they have to pass through like this grid and they're passing people over through those things. And I'm always just like walking around, <laughs> just like trying to like catch people and so scared. So there is to me, there is that tension that we that, you know, that we have to balance between what what's unwise mm -hmm. and what's a little bit risky, but but right. probably is going to be fine yeah. and could be a great overall experience. So what are, what are the best ways when it comes to making those kind of decisions for activities, for games to avoid some serious injury? How do we do that? Yeah. Well, I, well, what are those filters? I, yeah, I think one of them is just not creating in silo or in a vacuum. Hmm. You right. know, um, running whatever it is you're thinking about doing through the lens of someone else's perspective, point mm, of view, yeah. judgment, all of that, you know? Um, a lot of times youth pastors don't necessarily collaborate well, you mm. know, um, either with other youth pastors or might not necessarily include volunteers in the planning process like we all, like we really could. Right, right. And get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> beforehand. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. beforehand. Yeah I, yeah, I think it's important to practice. Like hosting mm. a game, mm -hmm. a lot of times is harder than speaking. Uh, for instance, and there are so many variables going on during a game and, you know, just picking volunteers and things like that. I remember one game we had 
where the you know the two people were tied together with like a bungee cord and they were basically going you know yeah, yeah. back and forth trying to get apples or something i can't remember what it was apples always cause trouble yeah. apples <laughs> trouble is bad apples wait, wait never use apples there's another tip but um i just remember in the moment it was a host that wasn't practicing and they bring up like these two girls and the size differential is oh, just no. bad you know, mm. so you're in the moment. And what do you do? Well, in this case, they didn't do anything. And this poor girl, you know, <laughs> she was like on the back of a ski boat, flying around, <laughs> you know, <laughs> picking up speed around the turns. And um, mm. and it was just I mean, it was just a bad situation. But, you know, you, when you go through it and think through, we could used to call it you need to block the game. You know, yeah. you would basically go through and think through the game, mm. talk about who's going to choose. We would pre-select. Yes. You know contestants and something like that because you don't want to say no you're too big to play yeah. this game <laughs> you know especially on stage or you're too small or those sorts of things so pre-select your contestants walk through practice think about it and then a lot of times as candace said maybe cancel it <laughs> come, up <laughs> right. with, come up with something else you know the other thing was like we had a ton of eating games mm. and it sounded weird but we would always ask about allergies you know i'd be like right. hey i need someone who's you're going to eat something and you can't have any allergies you know, which made me wonder if I was going to get sued because the non-allergy kids because <laughs> they couldn't play the game, but, or the allergy kids. So, just just some ideas. Yeah. So the term that comes up in in like in the literature would be foreseeability. Hmm. Is basically is you're held to a, a standard of foreseeability. Is yeah. could you foresee this happening? So if a meteor hits them. That's not right. foreseeable unless you right. went out and played in a meteor storm. Um, but you're, you're not held accountable to that. But if you're going to have people from all directions run to the same spot, laws of physics come into play right. yeah. that you can't occupy the same space. You should have known. Yeah. So then there's this, oh, that is foreseeable that this could happen. Yeah. So I think asking that question, what what could go wrong? Mm -hmm. hmm. We tend to live yeah. on the how awesome it's yeah. going to be and how yeah. great pictures and it's going to be laughter. But what if it didn't go great? Yep. What is? And then that's the foreseeability that's like, okay, is that appropriate, worth it? Or can we mitigate that with uh, protective clothing? Yeah. Can we have this or yeah. let's stage it or scale it or something? So it's not don't do the activity. It's do it in a manner that it's a great way yeah. that, that yeah. focuses on on safety yeah and i think with that though it requires some self-awareness right <laughs> you know you have to be aware of your abilities and your giftedness and are do you have the gift of being able to think through the details in advance mm -hmm. and if not that goes back to that whole hey right. collaborate because yeah. maybe you can't think through you don't have the gift to think through in detail every aspect of something yeah yeah all right, so there's injury that could come from activities, games, all sorts of things. What else? What are some other things that we should be thinking through? What areas of ministry? Um, I'm just thinking through social media and everything else. Kids' faces, faces mm -hmm. of minors. You know, it. You know, when I first started before social media got big, I remember in education we were supposed to have um, websites up, but if we showed a kid's face, we would be fired. Interesting. So you always had to have a picture, and you couldn't show. Well, that seems to have really let up. You know, mm -hmm. uh, just because there are pictures everywhere of kids and families and all those sorts yeah. of things. But I still think it's something to think about. And we always would ask people, especially at events, they would sign a release of photos because mm -hmm. we're going to show photos. Yeah. Those sorts of things. I think I've seen some things now where with that specifically, that there's like signs in some yeah. churches yeah. and like mm -hmm. in the bulletin the that door. just says, yeah. yep. hey, if you're if you're on this premises, yeah. then you are allowing yourself to blank unless yeah. you stop by blank and fill out whatever right. form. Yeah. Well, that is one thing we used to have them 
um, check the box when they were registering. And you always had four or five kids that wouldn't. Um, and it was hard to keep track of yeah. who didn't, who didn't. And eventually we got to the place was it, that it was if you registered for this event, you're, gonna, you're you, agreeing. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah. So. But that kind of also brings in just, you know, permission slips. Some people just refer to just permission slips. But thinking about all the different components of a permission slip, you know, the liability component, yep. the, you know, the medical release. Um, if you're doing something that might be physically, you know, whatever, then making sure that parents sign off and say that my child is physically able to do this. Because that can also, you know, if you're doing something like but rock climbing, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I mean, not all kids might be physically able to do that. And a parent needs to sign off or injury might happen and just make sure that the church is not yeah. held responsible. I've got a story that goes along with that that Do I you. think has a good practical application. So we used to go to this place called Camp Palo Opec when I was in middle school for our fall retreat. And they had this really awesome rope swing where you got up on this platform mm. and it was on a hill. And like at the apex, you're like, 40 feet above the ground and then you're coming back and there were signs um all over the place that said like hey unless you can do this many push-ups unless you can do this unless you hmm. can do this don't do don't do this rope swing uh we had a girl who was at this retreat it was her very first experience with the mm -hmm. church uh, who decided that she could do those things did the rope swing uh and fell and the church got sued the camp got sued yeah. but ultimately what got the church sued was that we had some volunteers that were trying to be helpful and decided we've got to get her to a hospital and moved her and so the church got sued for negligence uh -huh. for moving someone mm -hmm. who was who was injured and so even thinking through in those kind of situations like okay if someone gets hurt who do we yeah, call? Training. What do we do? Yeah. What do we what do we not do in these mm. situations that maybe wave, you know, sometimes you know, aren't always spelled out for our yeah. leaders because they just get in this moment of like, oh gosh, we got to get yeah. her to a hospital. Yeah. 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 I think for myself, I've I've been called Mr. Safety and been made fun of and this and that, which I find to be funny since I would be the one that would take groups on wilderness trips <laughs> and do all these things. And I, I whitewater kayak and rock climb and this kind of stuff and off-road race and these we things. It. And it's You're like- You're a man. Go ahead. <laughs> well, it's, it's, a th <laughs> it's, I think it's by having a mindset of safety allows you to have more fun. Yeah. 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 Because my events, not my events, if you think about it, you don't get shut down. The biggest, you know, uh, killjoy on an event is an injury. Mm -hmm. The whole thing stops. Mm -hmm. And when ambulances and flashing lights show up, you're not having fun anymore. So when you pay attention to those things and you don't have an incident, your kids had more fun yeah. yep. than when their friend is on their way to the hospital. Yep. Yep. And so by paying attention and by using uh, outfitters and, and saying, hey, we're gonna outsource this risk mm -hmm. to a professional, yeah. mm -hmm. we yeah. get to have way more fun than us going down some creepy little creek in, a, in the borrowed canoes. We instead get to <laughs> go down class four rapids because yep. we went with an outfitter who's professional and knows what they're yep. doing. Yeah. So I, I just ha kind of have this belief that if we lean into it and lean into the experts mm -hmm. yep. and lean in and say, hey, we want to have this, help us get there. We're going to have a better experience yeah. than when we have the mindset that says that stuff gets in the way of yeah. fun. Yeah. And sometimes that costs more. And always. so that that is, you know, for, for, for cheap youth pastors, mm -hmm. and I'm pointing at myself there, that mm -hmm. was always one of the things that went through my mind. Like, okay, mm -hmm. could we do this? on our own if we could what's the good right. but if we do what's what's the downside yeah. right yeah. and liability is yeah. a big is a big piece yeah. of that you know if 
one of the things we would always do at camp is we would ask our church for volunteers for registered nurses yep doctors or emts yep. and we often got volunteers who would come with us so when something happened and all right many times it did yeah you've got the right you people. know as far as like your situation where you're saying the church got sued it you know it was very clear and it was part of the training that if something goes down this person's mm -hmm. in charge because yep. they know you know uh what needs to be done and all this and all that stuff sometimes they're a little a little too um excitable um <laughs> i remember one one year at camp we had a kid you know and they they hit the ground and then they complained about their neck and i was like oh please don't say anything about your neck because <laughs> that's kind of like the big thing you know and this uh, brand new emt that didn't come with us that came with the ambulance started to tell us well we have to now call life flight oh, so gosh. they explained the whole thing so <laughs> this kid who was in, i'll tell you the end he's not hurt at all <laughs> But because we have this EMT, we have life flight. You want to talk about a, yeah, an expense? Yeah, well, yeah, that and you know, bringing a okay, bringing let's the go to church down. now. Yeah, yeah, the helicopter oh, rolls. Ignore the helicopter. Yeah, the yeah. vibe. Ignore the helicopter. Keep, playing, keep okay. having your daily that was what we time. did. <laughs> anyway, that was a that was a fun one. But you know, but better safe than sorry, I guess was yeah. the way this guy. But it did cost did cost some cash. Yeah, one of the things that I've done, just leaning into the professionals in the church, is you know, if there's a church lawyer. Um, or um, someone in the church who is a lawyer, or if your denomination has any kind of approved permission slips or liability waivers, using those or yeah. running anything that you'll pull together through a lawyer. Yeah. Um, I know that for me, that's been very, very helpful just yeah. to make sure there's no loopholes or anything that you might be missing because I'm not a lawyer. I mean, yeah. my sister's a lawyer. I call her for legal aid, but I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm not the lawyer here. You know, I'm the minister. Um, my father makes a joke that one of them says, one of my kids will send you to jail and the other one will save you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that because, you know, for a trip or for an event or something yeah. we're doing, we can put together what we the information we need to know uh -huh. going into that, but we don't know what. But the we don't are. we don't know right. what we don't yeah, know, right. and so I I feel like I've seen more and more you know student leaders and church people reach out to insurance companies uh -huh. and say, yep. you let us know what we need to be yep. getting from parents right. yeah. instead of us just making yeah. assumptions and guessing. Yeah, and I've even called a fire marshal to get just the capacity of our rooms in our church, yeah. just to know, hey, how many you know, people can we really fit in this room with all the different furniture that's yep. in here? You know, what are the what is the number that we can have yep. in this room that's safe? And then also walk me through what the evacuation plan is for those numbers and making sure everyone is trained and is clear on that just for safety purposes yeah. and yep. making sure that And that's a mindset shift that's that says you are here to help me. Mm -hmm. My ministry will be more effective and better. I will be a better discipler of people if I reach out to the fire marshal, yep. if I reach mm -hmm. out to insurance, if I reach yeah. out to mm -hmm. lawyers. And that takes a bit to get from to that point because it, what I think when we're first starting we see all of them as like they're all going to slow us down and mm. keep us from doing what's important right. and and on the insurance and like with the waivers and things your your local agent who has the the office downtown isn't necessarily the best person to talk to so he might be the one that that wrote the policy for the church, but who, the underwriting agent, Brotherhood or whatever, they have experts mm. at the home office. That's all they do. And so, whereas your local guy and you say, "Hey, I want to do a rope swing," or "I want to do you know this out in the in the you know have a you know a course in the back of the church property," yeah. he's going to flip out. He's like, <laughs> "Oh, I don't know. That just seems like scary." That's typical response. He's an insurance guy. But if you can ask and say, hey, can you t help me with the 
the specialist at the home office, well, that's all they do yeah. is set up ropes courses at camps and churches mm-hmm. and things. And he'll say, oh, that's a great idea, but I would like you to do it this way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's going to give you their spec sheet of, sure, great, as long as. Yep. Yeah. And so once again, you can get to people who are trying to help yeah. you rather than feeling like they're, they're slowing you yeah. down, but it's mm-hmm. asking the right people for that help. So I think one of the more frustrating things for me is I'm talking to some of the people I've been coaching across the country is a bunch of churches are just, they're just saying no. Hmm. They're just saying no to trips. They're saying no to overnights. Mm. They're saying no to adults with students outside of the church walls. And um, though I understand it from a legal side, I feel like the questions they're asking are, should we do this? I don't think you ask the question, should we do this? Mm. It's like, hey, we're going to do this. Talk about, you know, some of the wise things to do because- it's really important in ministry that, you know, kids and adults are together kind of long term. And if you operate from that fear deal, you know, it's going to hurt, which really brings us to like beyond injury. Adults and kids in a room just scares those legal folks, those yep. insurance mm-hmm. folks. And um, there are reasons it should. Yeah. Um, but 99% of the reasons are good, you know, that are, that are, are the good things are going to happen. It's, yeah. it's that small percentage of times that when the bad happens, it's really bad. Yeah, so I mean, I, we've all seen the the articles and you know the news reels of student pastors and church volunteers. They get arrested for this and get arrested for that, and accused of this and accused of that. Um, so we know that that's a, a a potential. We know that's the reality of the world that we live in. Yeah. What are some things that we need to be aware of, and some things that we need to be doing on our leadership side to protect our students from that? and to protect our adults from those things too. Well, the top three things are background checks, background checks, and background Mm -hmm. checks. I mean, that's that's really the beginning. Background checks are kind of the sticker on the door that we have a security system at this church. And unfortunately, so many churches don't Mm -hmm. that adults who are looking to to do this um, can easily find a place that won't. Yeah. Yeah. But being a place that will, you know, is a very clear, you never know because someone always has a first offense, right? Yeah. yeah. But the background check, if you don't do the background checks, you have no chance in court if yeah. something goes down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So That's true. You know, and, and in my church, we when I've, what I've always done personally, um, I've done background checks, but I've also, <laughs> I've done word on the street about you. Yeah, <laughs> references. You know, um, not references, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, references. asking People for references. People who are not on the references. Oh, yes, yeah. right. You know, yeah. um, just being at the church and just finding out who are the people who've been around for a long time. I might know some of the stories because not everything has been reported, mm. you know. Um, there was one church um, where there was a person who wanted to volunteer with our youth and was very adamant. And I'm like, you know, hey, all right, let's go through the process. And I gave her the background check, filled it out. She passed the background check. And I was talking with another member in the church about this person serving and they said that this particular person had she that that per- person had molested her Ooh. from the time that she was about 11 or 12 years old and at that point she was probably mid-30s so it was never reported you know um so one of the things that i've always tried to do you know as i've got to churches that were larger it got pretty more challenging to do word on the street yeah. but when yeah. you're at mm-hmm. smaller churches if you can do that, yeah. you know, yeah. it's it's very, very helpful because you never know who might still be in the church, who done things that have never been reported and just looking well, for more opportunities. Well, and you don't have to let someone serve that passes a background Exactly. Yeah. No. I mean, that is, you know, it's still your stewardship. I used to tell my staff all the time, 
creeped out is yeah. a valid emotion when it comes mm-hmm. to protecting Absolutely. our kids. Yep. Yep. And if, if you can't explain why you don't feel right about it, ask someone else to kind of lean in as well. But yeah. never get in a place where you feel like, you know what, I don't feel right about it, but I have to. You never have to. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then also, there's, I mean, there might be some people who in the ministry, who in the church rather, who are not necessarily expressing an interest in serving with the youth, but are just lurking around, you know? Yeah. And I had to get comfortable exercising my my um personal authority my responsibility and you know and just saying hey i need you to not hang around in this space you know because you know but this this person just was not wasn't a safe person well that's another good sign and teach your host team like if they're not a volunteer if they haven't had a background check Mm -hmm. they are you know and your host team maybe one person or maybe you Yeah. yeah but um it's really really an important important part in fact i used to have a a police officer and they'll do this by the way they'll come talk to your volunteers they'll come talk to your staff um and uh they tell the, the most horrible stories but the the thing that i remember what him him this was a he at the time he just said they are the most patient yes people mm. they will lurk was a word he used mm-hmm. they will hang out mm. they will be there at the right time when you just need someone yeah. to step in and do something they yep. will wait two and three years yep and then they will become part of your ministry. And it'll be one of those things that you look up and realize, oh, I never run a, ran a background mm-hmm. check on that person. Um, so you just have to be on it. You have yep. to be strict. And you have to rerun background checks. Mm-hmm. And some other thing. Yeah, I as like a, what you said of, the, you know, as, as the leader of the church, we have to be the ones that believe in the value of a consistent leader in the life of kids. And, right. and, and you know, impact ministries and trips and experiences. We have to champion those yeah. and believe in that. But equally, and there's this tension, but equally, we also have to know that there are people who are trying to yeah. gain access to our students. And so on the one hand, I'm saying this is a value that we will do trips. We will have small groups. We will make this happen. But then I have to almost flip a switch and say, okay, but the the individuals who are going to help with that, I have to know that Mm -hmm. there is a a potential pedophile in this stack of papers. And it's my job to find them. And I can't say if, I must switch it to when. Mm -hmm. It's not if. It's going to happen. It's when is it going to happen? Right. And it's my job mm-hmm. to everything that I can do, yeah. you know, and you'll never be perfect, but trying, but that mindset yeah. of and not it, believing that it's a it's a wild card that it would happen. It's yeah. Like, this is normative. And mm-hmm. it's not, you know, what I hear you saying is it's not living out of fear and it's not being, you know, super suspicious about every single no. person, but it's just living in that reality and not kind of living in a false sense of security mm-hmm. that can't happen here. Well, think about every news story. It starts with, you know, I never would have guessed that yep. dot, dot, dot. It's, it's that over and over and over again. And that's what you're looking for. Yeah. And I believe you can talk about this with your volunteers. I think the number one um, your number one defense are the volunteers in your ministry. Yep. That you equip them, that you talk about it, that you say, you know, that we're looking for this. And if anything strains happens, would you let us know? I think, you know, another reason, that's another reason we went to co-leaders in a group because mm. yeah. there was always Absolutely. another adult in the room, you know? And so we always had co-leaders and a high school kid or, you know, we train leaders not to be alone. We put we put actually put reverse windows in the small group, reverse mirror windows, mm. so that you can see in, but the kids couldn't, couldn't see out. See out. Mm. It was just little things like that that allowed us to, you know, mm-hmm. be behind closed doors, but not, you know, 
So chef, one of the things to your point that kind of make me sick that, that I think about every time I hear those stories and you know read the articles about youth pastors or about volunteers getting yeah. arrested is that if we made a list of all the characteristics that would make up the, the, the ideal small group leader and volunteer that we want working with our students, yeah. there's a lot of overlap with the kind of characteristics that make up a, a, a sexual predator. Right. And so it's, what does it look like for us to continue to create environments where we do value deeply personal relationships and we value vulnerability and we value having adults investing in the lives of teenagers, but how do we protect them from those things at, at, at the same time? And for, for me, one of the only things that I can really think of is that we have intentional systems mm -hmm. that we know our volunteers and we know their life. Yes, background checks, yes, interviews, um, like yes, all of those systems have got to be in place too, yeah. but we also have to have systems that help us develop continuing ongoing personal relationships mm. yeah. with them, whether that's us as the leader or whether we're talking about coaches, like whatever yeah. the system is, we, we, we have to know them on personal levels and continue having those kind of conversations. And it can probably still, it can probably still happen. I, I, I don't know, mm. but kind of going back to what I feel like you said at one point, like we have to do everything that we can do on our end. Right. Mm -hmm. And those are probably some things that we can do a little bit better is keeping yeah. not relational tabs on our volunteer leaders because you know it's not just a means to an end but we also have a more vibrant healthier ministry right. and yeah. better leaders in general when we have well, those kind of relational connections of good ministry yeah mm -hmm. that you have a system where you have it's set up that you have it's it's possible for you to have quality relationships with your volunteers where you know their life you know what's going on which is just good ministry on the other hand, you also can tell when something's off. Yep. Mm -hmm. right? And so that's a great way to think about it. I think sometimes we'll uh, confuse personal and quality with private. Mm. Mm. And I think that's a mistake. Um, personal doesn't mean it has to be one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Personal can be a leader with two, three kids, and that can be very personal, very quality, yeah. very beneficial. Private is something that's different. Mm. And so I think sometimes just that little yeah. bit of change there and saying we are committed to personal right. quality relationships. I've not given you a blank check to go have private right. experiences and relationships. Right. And, and so we, I think that's just something we should think about. You know, I think it makes me think, you know, I'm thinking of different conversations I've had with small group leaders over the years where I don't think they had anything diabol diabolical in mind. But it was just not wise. You know mm. what I mean? I remember one small group leader saying, you know, at camp, I like to take my kids on a one-on-one -on -one walk through the woods and we get out into nature. And I was like, well, <laughs> that's nice that you like to do that. You don't get to do that here. <laughs> and he didn't understand it. And he wasn't a small group leader for much longer. Um, I remember, you know, we'd have walk-in wisely where the kids get in cars with, adult, with the yeah. adults and they drive away, which is a whole nother thing we haven't really gotten into yet. But that was the scariest time for me as I saw all those cars pulling away, you know, from the program. But one of the rules were, were that high school leaders cannot drive kids. Yeah, High school leaders cannot, they can drive bags, they can drive luggage, but high school leaders can't drive kids. And I remember the one leader telling me, well, you know, my daughter's probably a better driver than me. And I was like, well, then you don't get to drive kids either. <laughs> it doesn't mean that your high school daughter does, but we're gonna figure out something else, you know? Just, again, they're just, 
not wise about how they're thinking about it. And and you should, you know, step in there it's because who knows what a kid's going to say. Yeah. And if they put themselves into a, a tough situation or bad situation, you don't have a lot of, you know, help for them. So when it comes to the whole drive, the whole driving piece, right? I hear a lot of churches say, you know, oh, leaders should not drive students. And I, I get it. I totally get it. But I think within some places, it's just a challenge. You know, you might have a student who wants to come and the church doesn't have a van or, you know, like me, and they want to come and they have no way of getting home, parents, mm -hmm. transportation. Like, what do you do? You take them. Because, I mean, you know, and, and I've drove in a car many of times with students, right? Yeah. Um, and then also, you know, when it comes to the private conversations, I've had one-on-one -on -one text message conversations, DM conversations with students, right? And most of the time, that's where those predators start lurking and sliding into somebody's DM, right? right? Um, but there's different things that you can put in place to make sure that safety still happens, right? right. Um, you know, one of the things that I used to do is if there was a student who I knew that I would drive regularly, have a waiver that, you know, that parents have signed and it's just an ongoing one that I left in the office just mm. in case for any kind of whatever, you know, um, when I got in the car, letting somebody know, hey, I'm getting in the car to take so-and-so home. When I drop them off, hey, I've dropped so-and-so off, right. you know, yeah. just communicating certain things like that. Yeah. And then also there's different things that I've put in place for our volunteers, you know, no texting after a certain time. I think I've had like a, a 9 p.m. to 7 a.m. rule. You can't text students between those times. Those are just times that I put in place because I felt like it was getting kind of, you know, after dark hours, there's nothing outside after dark but the devil. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, those late night hours, you don't text her, you don't DM a student, you don't do those kind of things. Um, and I think that, you know, when it comes to the, the church, yeah, there's certain things that we have to have in place legally, but practically it might look a little bit different. You yeah. know, if a student has an emergency and they're texting me in the middle of the night, um, I'm gonna respond, but I'm probably gonna call them and not necessarily have a, a texting conversation because it's an emergency, you know? Um, and in my response, hey, are you okay? Yeah. You know, it, right. if it can't wait till the morning, we can talk now. Yeah. Um, but if it can wait till the morning, can we talk in the morning? Cause I'm just a little more comfortable then, you know? Um, they, I've got grown students now who text me after 10 p.m. and I'll respond cause you're grown up, you got kids, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're texting, whatever. And they're like, oh, we didn't know that <laughs> you were up this late. I'm always up this late. I'm just not responding to you this late, <laughs> you know? Um, so I think it's, it's, it's one of those, everything isn't always black and white. How do you navigate and live in the gray, but still be safe? Yeah. yeah. I love text messages because it's a record. So I used to uh -huh. tell I used to tell small group leaders all the time, just don't delete exactly your small your your text with the kid. Yeah. Because you know, you never know if, when we're gonna have to go back mm -hmm. and look and see what was said or whatever. And so um emails, text, not the kids' email. But <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean social media is still there's yep. still a digital record. So don't yeah. delete those things. Keep track of that because you never know what's gonna come up yeah. in the future. And just a practical piece, Chef, on something that I've done when it comes to text messages. If I'm having a conversation with a student, um, I'll screenshot it. I'll screenshot it and I'll put it in the email um, and I'll email it to myself. Um, and one of the things that I've done with previous church, I've emailed it to to my 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 um, supervisor and I'm like, hey, this is a, just FYI, this is the conversation, just so we have everything laid mm -hmm. out. So nothing is ever taken out of context. I would have a folder in my email called confidential. 
you know, um, probably should have called it something different because the first thing someone's <laughs> going to go to <laughs> is don't, a, look, not confident. <laughs> don't look here. Totally public information. Yeah. Right. But I called it confidential. Yeah. <laughs> probably should have done something different. Um, crocheting. Right. <laughs> like people from checking exactly. out. Right. Like, no one cares about crocheting. <laughs> Let me not say that. If you crochet, I, I value your artwork. That's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so just stuff like that. Man, so to me, this is a really heavy conversation. And this is one of the kind of conversations that when I would listen to, I would just be reminded of all the things that I need to start doing or, yeah. or I, need, I need to be to be doing better. So to pile on that, any any last thoughts that we haven't even talked about yet that, we can, yeah, that we can just yeah. add to the list of people that are yeah. listening? I've got two random thoughts one is anybody can sue anybody for anything at any time our last like executive pastor was so good about saying there's nothing you can do to keep people from suing you you just need to make sure that i love that you saw that it, that you could foresee the issues and that you took care of it and yeah. that you're not negligent and we will handle it when it comes up and the other one is just to pay special attention because it's come up with me several times um divorce situations hmm. and custodial situations mm -hmm. pay very close attention to who can pick up which kids mm -hmm. um, because you might be liable for letting the kid go with yep. the wrong parent Interesting. and um and you're responsible for that so uh just pay very close attention to those mm. i like to uh, i like to think about the theology of risk mm. <laughs> which sounds like a funny thing but but thinking through dr kaiser, yeah, dr. kaiser. <laughs> when you think through like but what do we already know to be true from scripture about things mm. Like, what is God's plan on this? And, and sometimes I feel like we have some really bad theology on this, that if I give a prayer of blessing before we jump off this rock, somehow <laughs> God's going to choose to suspend the laws of nature because I prayed. Well, I know, what's, I know what God's will is if we run headfirst into a wall. It's called injury. <laughs> and, and so sometimes I think that we say, oh, if we pray about this, it'll be somehow be fine. Or because we're a Hedge church. Hedge protection. Yes. God's going to protect us from that. Traveling mercies as we fit 20 students into <laughs> right. the 12 passenger. And so I think, exactly. We have these really bad theology of risk. And I think we need to accept that God put these things into motion and work with them and say, okay, this is what God's already put into motion, but we still want to do this activity. Great, but we yeah. need to do it well. Yep. And I think we can fall into that trap and somehow playing the church card, the God card, the prayer card, and that doesn't serve us well. Yeah. That's good. Mm, that was really good. I don't know if I can follow Now you've got that. to say you something. Got this. Come on, that random. Was so got good. Can y'all cut mine before his? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though. No, seriously. Um, well, I think that just the last piece for me, um, well, kind of two things. You know, one is a some youth pastors, especially if you are full time around the church, you know, you know your church building a lot better than a lot of other people. Um, and, and be an owner of it. Don't necessarily think that it's somebody else's responsibility to to see something being need, that needs to be fixed and reported or even work to get it fixed because there's a lot of injuries that happen just from things being broken around the church. Hmm. Um, hmm. But also just on the on the confidential piece, you know, a lot of, in ministry, we, we go into ministry just to, to make a difference in the lives of students. And that means sometimes that there might be some conversations that come up or things that are said um, that aren't okay to keep to yourself, yeah. right. that are not okay to keep confidential. Um, and we are all mandated reporters. You know, um, if someone mentions mm -hmm. that they are mentioning, you know, harming themselves, harming someone else, or someone is harming them, we have to communicate that to someone else. You know, I've had to make some really mm -hmm. tough decisions um, 
in ministry, but they have all been for the best of the student. Yeah. So just remembering that we are all mandated reporters, um, uh, everybody, you know, we are um, staff, whether you are a volunteer, if someone says something, you have a responsibility to do something with it. Yeah. And the details of some of those are different depending oh, yeah. on the state. Yeah. So where, yeah. wherever you are, if you right. don't know the ins and the outs of mm-hmm. that, you need to probably Google that right now, mandated have a conversation with some people about what that actually yeah. looks like. When, uh, when I was a camp director, we had a scenario that came up after the campfire. So Friday night, well, you you know, you only have a few hours left with them. Great. Yeah. It's the perfect time for the <laughs> right. crisis to come. It's normally up. what happens. Yeah. <laughs> so there. we had, and the bus was there to pick up the kids and we've got a scenario that we're trying to figure all of this out. So we had to fake the bus breakdown. So we've got the <laughs> hood up so on great. the, we've got the hood up on the bus. Do you send the kid home situation? Right. Absolutely. Yeah, we had to determine whether or not we could um, ethically, maybe legally, even allow that kid to go back to their scenario. Right. Yeah. And so we had friends in, uh, in uh, health and human services, nothing that we're on the phone to try to figure that mm-hmm. out. But man, that was yeah. a, that was a squirrely one. Man. And it's so hard. I mean, because a student has made the decision to confide in you, right. you know, and sometimes they don't always understand the risk. Yep. Yep. On a lighter note, Darren, I would love for you to write a blog about the five best ways to fake a bus breakdown. <laughs> I'm on it. I'm on it. Okay. Is there a certain cable that you that you pull that gets the dramatic smoke so everybody thinks it's re- so? Yeah, we, Where do you pour you the water look, or yeah. the Coca Cola you're pouring? Look, in the- yeah. that. That's why you have the smoke machine. Oh, so you take that out and put good. it under the worship smoke. <laughs> that's right. You know the one that set off the fire alarm that you then just taped off oh, and didn't gosh. use again. Yeah, that one. Okay. Okay. I have a really weird one. Um, I found out at our last church. Um, the way that we were doing youth accounts was illegal from fundraisers. So for years, so many, I mean, the church that I grew up in, so many churches that I was leading, you do fundraisers. If you, however many things that you sell or however long you work at the fundraiser, like you earn a certain amount of money that kind of goes into your like youth account and you get to use that money for this trip, this retreat, whatever it is. Apparently that's illegal and you're not allowed to do it as a nonprofit, as a 501c3, mm-hmm. whatever the specifics are, you're not allowed to do that. So I would just say, I don't know if that's a state thing. I don't know if that's an across the board IRS thing, mm-hmm. but it's worth talking to your bookkeeper and it's yeah. worth doing some Google searches and figuring out how are you doing fundraising? Yeah. How are you disseminating those funds that you do raise? And is there any opportunity for you to get in some legal trouble yeah. based on the way that you are yeah. doing we, that? We stopped taking cash. It was all credit cards. All went through another system, so it was all clean. Because, I mean, if you're not if you're being sloppy with money, it can come back and get you. That's yeah. for sure. So, thanks so much for hanging out with us uh, as we talk through the very exciting world of the ministry of lawsuits. Uh, and we learned about the theology of risk today, yeah. which is fabulous. So I'm going to put that one in my back pocket so people think that I'm smart and I won't credit you. Sorry about that one. <laughs> Me too. Um, <laughs> it's free, free information. But, uh, but really, thanks for hanging out with us. We hope this is helpful in some ways. There's some takeaways. We want you to check out RethinkingYM.org. Our show notes are going to be there, some recaps, some different things that we talked about. So Chef, Candace, Darren, on your first one, thanks so much for yeah. hanging out Thank with us. Thank you. And we'll talk to you and see you later.